Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Victor's Corner. Uh, it's been a while since I've done one of these. Um, I'm your host, Victor Amoyo. I'm one half of the Codex Prime podcast. And uh, today is May 31st, 2020. Um, I wanted to record uh, some of my thoughts about, you know, all of the events that have been transpiring uh, in, these, in the last week or so. Um, we have Dina in the chant. Hey, Dina, uh, thanks for joining us. I thought, or thanks for joining me, I should say. Um, I wanted to start with uh, talking a little bit about one of my all-time favorite films. And that film is Spike Lee's 1989 classic, Do the Right Thing. And in the ending of that film, you had the murder at the hands of police of Radio Rahim, uh, who was choked out. He was uh, choked out to death by some cops and his body was hauled off into a cop car. And, and, and as the cops drove off, you had Spike Lee's character Mookie throw the trash can through, you know, Sal's through Sal's pizzeria. And then, and then of course, a protest and a riot ensued. Um, you know, after, after the release of that film, there were many, uh, there were several white critics and white film goers who were arguing the point, oh, well, why did the, well, why did those uh, Brooklyn residents, why did they destroy the pizzeria? Oh, isn't that a shame? Not, not really connecting why the the Bedsty residents destroyed the pizzeria. A, 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 the life of a, a human life was lost. A human life was taken. A black man was murdered at the hands of the cops. And yet there were people who were complaining more about the property damage than the loss of a life. You know, fast forward 31 years later, here we are, and we have the murder of one George Floyd. And unfortunately, this wasn't in a motion picture. This, this was as real as it gets. You know, George Floyd, 46-year-old, a black man murdered at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer who for nine minutes drove his knee into the neck of this man. And, all the, and this man was handcuffed, pinned to the ground. All the while he was uttering, I can't breathe. And all the while, while this cop had his knee driven into the neck of George Floyd, you had three other cops who just stood around and watched. And then three days later, this cop was arrested and he was charged with third degree murder and manslaughter, third degree. But before he was arrested, you had a CNN reporter who was arrested by the police, by the Minneapolis PD. And so now you have protests springing up all across the nation as a result of this, as a result of this injustice, people want justice. I want justice. You know, you have many of these protests where police are once again showing their ass, attacking protesters. You know, even those who are demonstrating peacefully. And then you have other bad actors uh, who want to capitalize on the anarchy by causing chaos of their own by latching on 
to the legitimate protests by destroying property. And most of them, most of these, most of these people who happen to be white, these agitators, you have white agitators doing, doing, you know, are on some bullshit, they run away. And then you have many black uh, protesters left to deal with the chaos and the violence at the hands of police. And, and I agree, Dina, there was BS charges, third degree manslaughter. And I think I've read somewhere that apparently, uh, apparently, I guess, I guess it was believed that, that they couldn't get, that they wouldn't be able to get a jury to convict this uh, cop on first or second degree murder potentially. So that's why third degree was the charge that they chose. And time will tell if this cop will be convicted or if he'll join the long list of uh, cops who've been, who've gotten away, you know, scot-free more or less. But when you look at uh, George Floyd's name, George Floyd, he's part of a long running grim continuum of too many names, just too many names of black men and women who have been killed unjustly at the hands of police. Besides George Floyd, we had Breonna Taylor, 26 year old woman who was gunned down inside of her own apartment by Louisville, Kentucky police because they thought that, hey, you know, they were looking for a drug dealer, uh, alleged, apparently. But apparently the police had the wrong apartment complex, not just the wrong apartment, they had the wrong apartment complex. They, they barged into this woman's house and they murder her. And this happened back in March. You know, back in February, we had Ahmad Aubrey, 25 year old black man who was killed while jogging in Georgia, two white men, a father and son, chase this man down and they murder him in cold blood. And both men were arrested on May 5th, almost a month ago. So you have almost three months later, these two men were arrested and it's only because of the viral video that showed uh, Ahmaud Arbery's murder or lynching if you really wanna be more blunt about it which it was, which is what it was. It was a lynching. You also had the uh, shooting death of Tony McDade, 38 year old black trans man at the hands of Tallahassee, Florida police. And you can add many more names to that way beforehand, decades upon decades upon decades of names, just too many names. And it's part of a grim, grim continuum. We almost had a fourth name, you know, to add to that long list. You had a, uh, a man, Christian Cooper, who was a, a black man in you know Central Park in New York City, is a bird watcher. He saw a woman, Amy, a white woman, Amy Cooper, who was walking around in a part of Central Park where it's required that people are supposed to leash their dogs. And so, you know, you had this guy, Christian Cooper, you know, remind this uh, this white woman, Amy Cooper, no relation, um, reminded her to just gently reminded her to, hey, you need to, you should put your leash, put your leash on a dog. And what does this woman do in response? She actually has the nerve to call the cops and threaten him with, quote, I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. I'm going to tell them, the police, that there's an African-American man threatening my life. All the while, she's choking out her dog in the process. Now, thankfully, thankfully, uh, the, the, the police, you know, didn't arrive at the scene. Otherwise, things would have, things perhaps would have been tragic. Uh, 
there was some justice involved in this instance. Christian Cooper, he was unharmed. Uh, meanwhile, this uh, white woman, Amy Cooper, who tried to weaponize the police and her own whiteness, she not only lost her job, but she also lost her dog. So at least there's a little ray of sunshine of justice to be had here. But that incident in particular, the Amy Cooper incident, it really speaks to how there's an implicit understanding that white people have in this country, in the, in the United States of America, that they know how police will relate to black communities. And you can talk about like how they relate to communities of color as a whole, Latino, Latinx communities, Asian, Asian American communities, et cetera. But in particular, most, most specifically black communities, how police relate to them. And there was an implicit understanding that this woman had that I can call the police and I know that you as a black person, as a black man, you will, you will be jacked up. Your life will be in ruin. Your life may very well be taken from you because I felt threatened, because I felt uncomfortable. My comfort trumps your, your right to exist. It trumps your right to live. And that is the implicit understanding that a lot of white folks have when it comes to how the police relate to black folks in this country. And it also speaks to structural racism, how, how structural racism gives you know white communities that advantage at the expense of of black of black people another example of white supremacy if you will knowing that i can weaponize the police against you if i feel threatened as a white person when you really think about it you know on the subject of white supremacy white supremacy is killing us all and when you think about it, it's really unhelpful for most white people. And that might sound like a, a peculiar thing to say, but white supremacy is really unhelpful for most white people. Because when you're socialized as a white person, if you're socialized to view your own race as the norm, the default setting, you know, the default setting of humanity, then any anything else that looks different would be perceived as strange, odd, alien, threatening, three-fifths of a human, internalized biases, which are reinforced through media images or anecdotal stories, you know, being told continuously, overtly, and covertly that as a white person, the very color of your skin affords you the perpetual benefit of the doubt. The sense that, hey, you know what? You may not be rich or wealthy or powerful. You might not have any means to your name. You might be poor. You might be struggling in some way. But at the end of the day, you're not being impacted at all by the basis of your skin color and your race. You don't ever, as a white person, you don't ever have to explain your reason for being. You don't, you don't have to say, white lives matter to affirm and validate your own humanity because in this country it's taken as a given it's taken for granted and meanwhile black people us black folks we have to justify why we should have the audacity to even exist in both public and private spaces without fear of being snuffed out 
why do you think the why do you think the phrase black lives matter is so powerful because we have to we have to affirm that even walking down the damn street if there was a cop that wanted to jack me up and give me a hard time what the fuck am i going to do about it a cop is armed a cop has the power of the law behind them i don't so what so what rights do i have and and the rights that i do tr- attempt to affirm what's going to happen stop resisting i felt threatened the cop will say i felt threatened boom there i go and and when you and you know you look you're looking at you know the the murder of george floyd you know and the previous murders of ahmaud aubrey brianna taylor it all of this is happening in the middle of a global pandemic. We're in the midst of COVID-19, the coronavirus. Yeah. And which this this horrifying disease is killing black people at a disproportionate rate, more so than any people of any other race, more so than any other community. Black people are being the most affected. And this is largely due to decades upon decades upon decades upon decades of structural inequities, economic, societal inequities, disadvantages, which are imposed on black communities, which have largely compounded the effect of this disease on the black community. And I find it especially galling and offensive that even in the midst of this global pandemic, one that continues to ravage this country in particular in the US, America still found the time for racism. You mean to tell me that in this country, we didn't have time for adequate testing? We still don't. We don't have time to provide personal protective equipment, PPE, for healthcare workers and essential workers and grocery stores and what have you postal workers, those who deliver our packages and our mail. We don't have time. We don't have time to provide essential workers the protection that they need to do their jobs effectively and and as safely as possible. Now, we don't have time for that, but there's always time to fuck black people shit up. There's always time for the police to act a fool and show their ass. There's always time for anti-black racism. We still have time for that, but we don't have time to help the communities that that are in need. We don't have time to provide equipment for those who need it, but we do have time for racism. Glad to know that we that we have our priorities straight as a nation. I think of, you know, all these police brutality cases in the last year alone these aforementioned deaths that I uh, mentioned at the top uh, top of this uh, uh, program, you know, there, there, there really needs, I, I feel like at this point, there, there, I think we're in the, this feels different because of the pandemic, because of, which has exacerbated and exposed pretty much all the inequities that have been plaguing us as a nation for years, for decades even. I feel like this is different. You know, there are so many other uh, 
you know, black deaths at the hands of off police officers like, you know, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Oscar Grant, and, and too many others named Sandra Bland, and, and, and too many others. This one feels different because of the circumstances that we are in globally and, and nationally. I feel like at this point, we are at a serious turning point as a nation, and we have a serious, profound choice to make. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the election or or what have you. I think that as a nation collectively, we have to decide what it is we want to do. Do we want to go back to the way things were before the pandemic? And pretend like, you know, this is all a bad dream and nothing happened and go back to status quo business as usual? Or at this point, do we want to create a much better, much more just, much more equitable, much more equal society than the or than the one that we've been living in, you know, all of our lives. I think that's the choice that that is in front of us right now. We have protesters, we have activists doing the hard work. They're out there in the streets risking their lives. Like again, in the midst of this global pandemic, they got to worry about staying safe, staying healthy while fighting the good fight. Personally, I don't want to go back to the way things were before because the way things before, it sucked. Collect, it really sucked. I think we have an opportunity as a country to be better than what we were before. We have an opportunity to actually live up to the ideals about you know freedom and equity and justice that, that this country loves to tout and pat itself on the back for. That's the choice before us. Do we want to be better? Do we want to do better? Or do, you, do, or do we want to go back to the way things were? Do we want to let cynicism rule, rule the day? I don't have any solutions. I wish I had, you know, a, a, a magic bullet or some, some power to kind of rewrite reality into something better, just like that. But unfortunately, life does not work that way. But this is the choice that we have before us. Do we want to do better as, an, as a nation or not? Do white people collectively want to acknowledge the true power of racism and white supremacy and how it's killing us all, not just black folks, but this nation at large, and how it runs counter to the very ideas of freedom, justice, and equity that this country espouses? Do we want to dismantle systems of white supremacy or not? Do we want to keep things the way they are, they were or not? You know, there's a there's an excellent book that I really that I highly recommend people read, which speaks to um, the notion of you know the 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 very issue rather of police brutality and how it's affecting uh, black folks as well as communities of color. And it's a book right here called uh, The New Jim Crow. Uh, mass incarceration in the age of color blindness. This is written by Michelle Alexander, and this was published in in 2010. And it really speaks to, you know, a, a lot of the inequities that we see. And I, I did, and I did want to read uh, one paragraph uh, from from this book, which really speaks to how uh, 
how police how the police in this country really need to face a serious reform and and how and and and, and while and while this book really speaks to uh, larger issues of mass incarceration um I felt, I felt like this paragraph here which i found really speaks to what police need to do nationwide collectively in order to improve and you know fix their shit because really it's not it's not it's not up to us civilians it's up to it's up to law enforcement officials those in power who are willing to look themselves in the eye honestly and figure out a way to improve things and make things better and live up to their notion of protecting and serving but here's a paragraph here from uh, the new jim crow by michelle alexander equally important there must be a change within the culture of law enforcement black and brown people in ghetto communities must no longer be viewed as a designated enemy and ghetto communities must no longer be treated like occupied zones law enforcement must adopt a compassionate humane approach to the problems of the urban poor an approach that goes beyond the rhetoric of community policing to a method of engagement that promotes trust healing and genuine partnership data collection for police and prosecutors should be mandated nationwide to ensure that selective enforcement is no longer taking place racial impact statements that assess the racial and ethnic impact of criminal justice legis legislation must be adopted. Public defender offices should be funded at the same level as prosecutors' offices to eliminate their unfair advantage afforded the incarceration machine. And the list goes on. Mandatory drug sentencing laws must be rescinded. Marijuana ought to be legalized and perhaps other drugs as well. Meaningful re-entry programs must be adopted. Programs that provide a pathway, not just to dead end minimum wage jobs, but also training and education so those labeled criminals can realistically reach for high paying jobs and viable rewarding career paths. Prison workers should be retrained for jobs and careers that do not involve caging human beings. Drug treatment on demand must be provided for all Americans. A far better investment of taxpayer money than prison cells for drug offenders. Barriers to reentry, specifically the myriad laws that operate to discriminate against drug offenders for the rest of their lives in every aspect of their social, economic, and political life must be eliminated. And those are just some and those are just some of the most significant reforms that you know our criminal justice system and police departments nationwide should you know keep in mind as we're moving forward because as it stands now as it stands now this 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 shit can't continue like i said this shit can't continue and i just hope that all of us here can you know live long enough to see a much better america to see the idealized america that we are told exists because if we continue to do this bullshit 
if we continue to have the police kill black folks with with impunity if we if we continue to let white supremacy poison the way people live people of all races including white folks live in this society then this great american experiment is finished we are done as a nation if we don't straighten up and fix our shit and most specifically if the if those in power lawmakers politicians the wealthy the one percent the, the elites the wealthy elites if you will whoever those who have the power to reshape society into something more equitable if they don't step up if they don't acknowledge the the reality of the situation and if they continue to go about their lives as business as usual then we're done collectively as a country we're done and that's and that's pretty much it um i do want to i do want to take some time to acknowledge uh, some of the other commenters um uh, once again thank you dina for joining me in the chat uh brian thank you for uh, joining me in the, on the chat as well you have a uh, patricia as well um she'll she'll watch this later so thank you all for coming in as well as Furman. <laughs> um i do want to end with a, a quote from another movie to kind of wrap this back up into films there's another film which i highly recommend and i hear the book that the book is awesome too it's the hate you give which is an excellent film uh, starring Amanda, Amanda Stenberg. The quote that really stands out to me the most in that film is at the end where, where she tells the cops, quote, how many more of us do you have to kill before you get it? And I'll leave you with that. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>